your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at Outlaw underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. On tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about a couple of different things. I thought I would give some early first-round playoff updates from around the league, some of which are uh, currently ongoing, some of which concluded yesterday, and some maybe early playoff round thoughts. But before then, there is some Winnipeg news to get over. We do have the Jets playing the Edmonton Oilers this coming Wednesday, which should be an interesting game. I would expect that the Jets are going to have an interesting time against a team that, while they do play it relatively evenly in certain categories, uh, often really struggle against the McDavid line, which is, you know, basically what Edmonton turns to on almost every single chance. It does sound like Winnipeg is going to be down a few more players because Nikolai Ehlers and I believe Andrew Kopp plus Pierre-Luc Dubois, they are in various stages of, shall we say, disrepair. A couple of those guys are actually back in non-contact jerseys, but unfortunately Dubois is still absentee, and if Lowry and Cop are indeed in non-contact jerseys, it probably doesn't mean that they'll be playing this coming Wednesday, which for the Jets is going to be something of an issue. Uh, adding in the loss of Dubois, and I think Winnipeg's, uh, essentially their goal-scoring depth starts to dry up really quickly, there's a lot of offensive and defensive skill taken out of the lineup with all of those guys missing. And of course, the team was already having issues without Nikolai Ehlers, who was one of their top transition creators and one of their most effective creators, period, no matter the situation. While Dubois has been a little bit uneven so far, it's also easy to say that he is a very dangerous forward and is certainly not somebody that you can allow a lot of space to, and I feel like his absence will be immediately noticed. Cobb's absence will definitely be noticed because he may have been getting some top six deployments had he been healthy without Ehlers in the lineup, but unfortunately he is going to be out most likely, so I would imagine that the Jets are going to have to turn to some other guys, maybe like some Manitoba Moose players. And this is kind of why I felt like maybe the Jets should have given Cole Perfetti something of an audition. You know, in a situation like this where the Jets do need goal-scoring prowess and some offensive capabilities, you don't really want to wait until you don't have any time to figure out if somebody is NHL-ready or not, you might as well have given someone like Perfetti maybe a game or two. If he's really struggling and overwhelmed, no biggie. You don't have to worry about it. He'll probably be playing in the NHL next season, and for now he can focus on his offseason regimen since there are no AHL playoffs and he's not going back to the OHL most likely. Aside from that, I, I think there are a couple of other candidates to draw in. You know, David Gustafson might get in. Um, Christian Veselainen, of course, is an option. Janssen Harkins has already drawn in with some of the absences, so I don't think he really can replace anyone at this rate. The Jets are going to be a little bit shorthanded and have to rely on some of their youth. If it does come down to a guy like David Gustafson, I actually think Gus the Bus brings quite a bit to this team. With the moves, he's been showing off his power forward prowess, which is something that I think a lot of people underestimate, especially in transition. 
when it comes to his really physical strength and, and especially off the rush. I mean, Gustafson is just a monster on the puck. He can create so much in transition and in possession, and I think it makes him a really versatile forward. While he is, you know, typically thought of as something like a penalty killer at the NHL level, Gustafson clearly has play-driving ability. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to score quite a few points and really drive play by being so strong on the puck and having excellent vision, pretty soft hands generally speaking, good distribution, and fairly strong edge work to get himself into dangerous spots. He's going to elevate the skill of his linemates around him and, and really make that line, whatever line he's on, especially dangerous. I think the challenge with him is that you can't really use him in like a super defensive role. While he can succeed in that role and thrive certainly, I don't think it's the best suited to his skill set. I think you want him to be a really versatile two-way center and somebody who's actually given skill along his flanks to really create because if Gustafson is saddled with players who are essentially fourth line plugs and stuff, I don't really think he's going to succeed. Gustafson in the past really did struggle, especially with guys like, not not the same player, but certainly players like Nate Thompson. A lot of these fourth liners who don't really create and are essentially defensive black holes, especially at even strength, Gustafson's not really going to be able to cover for them. I do think that his game has definitely improved and rounded out with the AHL, but I, I don't know that it's going to translate, especially with so few NHL games this season. Christian Veselainen might also draw in, but of course, I think the biggest addition is going to be Dominic Toninato for a permanent role so far. And I have to say, Toninato has looked pretty good in his few NHL games for the Jets. I always thought that he was kind of underappreciated in his previous teams. When he was brought into the Jets, I was kind of surprised that he didn't actually get much of an audition with the team, because from what I understood, he was actually a pretty decent creator, especially in like a third or a fourth line role. He's got a big frame, pretty smooth edge work, he's actually got a good center of balance, so he's hard to knock off the puck, and he's got pretty soft hands, so he has a really nice combination of different elements that, while maybe not exactly elite by NHL standards, makes him a really serviceable rotation player. In his past couple of games, he's been, you know, actually a pretty big part of some of the scoring plays that the third line has created, so I have to say Toninato, in my mind, has earned a spot on this team, even in just a very small sample size. It's certainly an improvement over someone like Thompson, and to be honest, over some like Harkins. As much as I like Harkins in a lot of ways, I think in his current role right now, he's not really thriving. He's not a fourth line center either, and I don't know that he's going to be successful as a wing if the guys around him aren't really able to carry him. Harkins does genuinely possess some offensive skill, but you actually have to pair him with somebody who has equal amounts of skill because otherwise it just gets wasted. This all kind of leaves the Jets a little bit shorthanded for this upcoming game against the Oilers. I don't know if it's going to be a significant issue because Edmonton is kind of thin past their top two lines, but if the Jets, you know, play a really passive game again and allow McDavid all the space to do what he does, Winnipeg's going to be in trouble. Even though some models have the Jets coming out on this one, I really do think the Oilers are going to have the style and approach that tactically just shuts the Jets down. Unless Paul Maurice adjusts and starts to make some serious changes to the way that he rolls his lines, especially against McDavid and his, uh, his teammates, it's going to be hard for Winnipeg to create because it's very obvious that the Oilers just want to dump the puck when McDavid's not on the ice. And their neutral zone trap really starts to thicken up once they have a lead. So overall, I'm not really expecting much. We'll find out soon enough. Hopefully the, uh, the Jets players all get healthy sooner rather than later. Maybe a resurgent top line can help the Jets. We'll have to wait just a couple of days to find out. But... Those are sort of all hypotheticals at this point. There are actually real NHL playoff games currently ongoing right now that we can talk about in just a moment. Before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the greatness that is Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. 
With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. It's a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma cash reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. It is officially NHL playoff season, and to start off the action, we don't have any Winnipeg Jets games, so to speak. We have that coming on Wednesday, and we'll actually have a preview of the series starting tomorrow. I will be joined by an awesome guest from across the Locked On Network, but that guest will be a surprise until tomorrow, so just sit tight, stay tuned, and be sure to check out the Locked On Now and Locked On Oilers podcasts in between. For the rest of this show, though, it is time to look around the league and take a look at some of the first round score lines from around the weekend and entering the past couple of days. On Saturday, we actually had our first playoff game, Washington versus the Boston Bruins and Washington ended up winning just a few minutes into overtime 3-2 courtesy of a Nick Dowd overtime goal. I caught parts of this game and what I could tell is that it's going to be a very close series. I think Washington probably has a slight edge against Boston but the Bruins are definitely no laughing matter. This team if they get a few extra saves from Rask and some good goal scoring contributions from their top six I think they're going to be doing pretty well against a a Caps team that's not nearly as strong as it used to be and certainly one of the biggest storylines is that Vitek Vanacek actually got injured in this game and had to come out in place of Craig Anderson. Anderson at this stage of his career is definitely on the downside of his uh, 30s. You can tell that at this stage, Andy's probably closer to retiring. He is definitely something of like a minor goalie legend. I was a big fan of his many years ago. I think Anderson still has something in the tank, but I'm not really sure if he's going to be able to keep it up for the Caps. Washington's defense occasionally gives up some really bad turnovers, and you know Anderson hasn't really been netminding in some time. He has been playing as a backup for Washington in sporadic games, but certainly now that the uh, the starting role is basically going to be thrust upon his shoulders, that's a lot to ask of him. You know, uh, Ilya Samsonov just came out of COVID quarantine, and I'm not really sure if he's actually going to be playing anytime soon. I don't know if there's some disciplinary action because I know the Caps weren't really happy with him and Evgeny Kuznetsov, but to be honest, Washington probably still needs both players anyways. We'll have to see if they actually draw into the lineup over the next couple of weeks. Either way, Washington takes the first game in what promises to be a very tight series. I I do think uh, more than one of these games are probably going to go to overtime. It'll be very interesting to see how many games are, are pushed to the limit like this. Both of these teams do have some legitimate flaws, but by the same token, they're also just fairly good teams and really well-rounded, so I'm very interested. This is a very tight series. I think it's a coin flip, but now that Washington has the opening game advantage, maybe they already have the edge they need to win the series. Sunday was certainly no different. We had a number of games also go to overtime. The first game was the Islanders beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-3, and the shot actually was a very sick overtime goal from, it was, Kyle Palmieri. I'm not even sure how exactly he picked the corner between the opposing skater and the goaltender, but somehow he just seemed to find a perfect shooting angle and sniped an absolute beauty. I didn't really tune into much of this game, but I did hear that at times the Islanders were really struggling and looking like a much inferior team against the Penguins, which isn't super surprising. 
Pittsburgh has a lot of really talented weapons, and when they're actually executing on Sullivan's vision of hockey, it's a very scary roster to deal with. If Tristan Jari is in fact capable of making a few extra saves on top of his already stellar performance over the past few months, that Penguins team's going to be a nightmare, but now they already find themselves in something of a 1-0 series hole. All that said, I'm sure they're not really panicking over a series deficit just yet. They're still a very good team. They've been playing the right way for a while now, and I'm sure Pittsburgh will have a big response in game number two. After that, the uh, the only other overtime game of the playoffs on the evening was in fact Minnesota and the uh, Golden Knights going to a one nothing winner for the Wild. This is a game in which both Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot were making save after save. Some really highlight reel stuff in which I, I think one particular issue with both of these teams is that for the most part, they don't really have like one singular game-breaking goal-scoring talent. The Wild definitely have Kirill Kaprizov, but it's not like he's McDavid, right? Nobody is... And that's just the truth. He's not really Austin Matthews either. While he is like super entertaining and a really fun player, I do think he's not quite at the level where he's going to be the guy who wins the game for you. And certainly the Knights are going to have to rely on somebody like Mark Stone and, and William Carlson, Marcheseau Smith, all of their usual cast of characters. But for the most part, those guys may also occasionally struggle to finish. So I do think this could be a very tight series. I wasn't really expecting a one nothing start to it, though. That's pretty crazy. Both goaltenders putting their uh, their names in the hat for the Vezina Trophy this season, but you know I, I do think that we will start to see both of these teams start to finish more chances. I'm sure that Flurry and Talbot both can't really sustain 40 plus save performances night in and night out, especially against two of these teams that have really fast transitions and lots of really good puck movement. Very interesting first start, though. I have to say that this first game, I, I did not expect uh, the Minnesota Wild to win, but it was a very feisty game. I caught snippets of it. I thought both teams were definitely going at it. There was a very competitive atmosphere. Um, a little bit of a minor rivalry here. I, I think this could be a really fun series. Certainly a crazier series if Cam Talbot and uh, Fleury continue to put on a clinic in net. If that's the kind of performance that we're going to see from both of these guys, yikes, man, this is going to be a really crazy affair. Hilariously, the uh, there was actually one more game that did go to overtime, but it wasn't a playoff game. Calgary and the uh, the Canucks were actually playing for some reason because the North Division hasn't finished all of its games owing to Vancouver's COVID outbreak. It's kind of funny that they're even playing these games out because, to be honest, none of these teams are in the postseason and these games are basically meaningless, but uh, the Flames ended up winning 6-5. to five. I guess if you like overtime hockey, that doesn't mean anything. Hey, it's kind of fun or something. I don't know. The North Division playoffs will start to get underway this week, and I think the only one that anyone really cares about for this podcast is Edmonton-Winnipeg. Before we sign off for the night, though, there are a few more scorelines to update you on, some very interesting ones, especially in the battle of the two Florida hockey teams. But before then, I mentioned earlier that tonight's title sponsor was Built Bar, and here's why you need to know about the best protein bar on the market. Longtime listeners of my podcast know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bars, but if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in nine original killer flavors, including mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut, coconut, almond, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, and salted caramel. But be sure to follow Bilt Bar on all their social media channels and any of their newsletters because they also have very limited edition, limited time, special flavors that once they sell out, they're gone forever. If you can't choose from their original flavor list, be sure to check out the mix box, which gives you two bars of all nine flavors, letting you find your new favorite. As delicious as Bilt Bars taste, they're even better for you, with most Bilt Bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 17 to 18 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BiltBar.com.
When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to note that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time, no matter what. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and all the sports your mind can handle. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests you can handle. Stop sitting on the sidelines and follow your team as they pave their way to playoff glory. Win as they win, only at BetOnline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, at registration, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. There's never been a better time or better way to place your bets now. Get started at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at a couple of playoff score lines, and we are still on Sunday with the last game of the day that was of note, and that is the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the Florida Panthers 5-4 to in an absolute goal fest. By all accounts, this game was an absolute barn burner and one of the most exciting series so far. This one has the feeling of a series that's going to be very much a Game 7 kind of deal. I do think the Panthers are going to rally around to try and win at least a couple of games and force this series to last as long as possible, and hockey fans should very much embrace it. I caught some of the highlights, and wow, both of these teams were high-flying. There were tons of goals, tons of really great scoring opportunities, maybe a few goals that you would like to see saved, but overall just a really exciting series start so far, and I have a feeling that this battle of Florida is going to be a very intriguing one for arguably two of the teams that probably have some of the strongest claims to the Stanley Cup championship not named the Golden Knights or the Colorado Avalanche. I have a feeling a lot of these games are going to be absolute shootouts which I'm sure the coaching staffs aren't going to appreciate but it's going to be interesting to see if Tampa Bay is able to defend their crown or if they're going to be upset by their younger siblings. Moving on to tonight's games, we have the Boston Bruins rallying back from their opening game loss to defeat the Washington Capitals 4-3 in overtime. Again, we see that scoreline in overtime. Another overtime goal settled in the first five minutes of the extra period. This one from Brad Marchand. You know, this is going to be a very close series. Like I said earlier, I think that it could go either way. I do think the Caps are going to be the team that ends up prevailing, but I'm certainly not counting the Bruins out. They've been a very pesky opponent so far. They're a very cagey, crafty veteran team with a lot of skill and experience. They've been around the block a couple of times, but they do have some very interesting young players like Charlie McAvoy, who honestly does deserve a Norris shout. He's been one of the top defenders in the league and frankly one of the most dominant skaters on the back line for any team this year. So uh, McAvoy, very good player. Certainly the Bruins have a lot of veteran experience to supplement with some of their skilled youth. And Taylor Hall has definitely been engaged in this series. It's also been very feisty. A lot of physical stuff, a lot of scrums, a lot of... um, you know, physical fights and and occasional fisticuffs along the wall. So it's going to be something to track. If the Bruins are trying to bait the Capitals into like a more physical, more penalty-laden series, Washington might be in a bit of trouble. They can definitely score on the power play, which is what they'll be looking to do more frequently. But in terms of penalty killing, maybe not a situation they want to face with a power play that can be as strong as Boston's is. So definitely a situation they'll want to monitor and not really get drawn into. The last game that we had for tonight that's not currently ongoing is uh, Carolina defeating the Nashville Predators 5-2. 
I expected the Canes to probably win this opening game, but the scoreline definitely seemed to blow it open. I thought at first it was going to be close because both teams definitely had a really feisty, really edgy, really close start, and I thought the Preds were actually playing pretty well. As we know with Carolina, though, this is a team that can really hurt you very quickly, and Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, and Andrei Svachnikov did their thing to basically give the the Canes a, a nice three-goal cushion and break the 2-2 draw heading out of the second period, and so Carolina is going to have some confidence cruising into game number two. I thought that they were very good against the Preds, Maybe not quite as high-flying as we expected. That start was definitely a lot closer than I might have anticipated, but I'd expect overall that we will see Carolina prevail in this series. I could be wrong, but we'll find out soon enough. The currently ongoing game is Colorado versus the Blues, and right now the Avalanche are basically doubling the St. Louis Blues uh, 31-15 in shots. But it is tied 1-1, so very interesting scoreline. Sounds like Jordan Bennington is working overtime. We'll report on the outcome of this game in a future episode. But for now, that is going to do it for tonight's show. Tomorrow, we will be talking with a special guest about the Oilers vs. Jets series. Be on the lookout for that. But before you finally sign off for the night, be sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.